Hey Dreamers, Joe Pardo here, and real quick, I just want to say thank you so much for the nomination for the 12th Annual Podcast People's Choice Award in the business category. In three and a half years, you know, I I never really thought that I would uh, get nominated for any kind of awards or anything like that when it comes to this show. I love doing it. Um, I love what it's done for other people and what it's done for me, the lessons that I've learned and the lessons that it's taught other people. And the p- and the network of people that it has created has been absolutely incredible, raising money for charity um, to to just changing lives. I'm just incredibly grateful to be the messenger on this journey with you uh, listening. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm super honored. And we'll find out September 30th if we win the business category for the podcast awards. And now on to the show. Hey Dreamers, I'm Joe Pardo. And my guest today is making his dreams come true by doing what makes him grow every day that's something i can get behind uh something that if you're listening to this i'm sure you can get behind and the reason is because we love to learn that's why the subtitle for the show is business lessons from those who live their dreams dreamers today i'd like to welcome to the show simone vincenzi did i did you made it it? you made it you made it yes bam (laughs) i I usually get these wrong (laughs) And uh, you got it right. Hello, dreamers. Uh, hello, Joe. Great to be here. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. And um, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, my background, uh, I guess uh, the, the turning point of my journey uh, came around uh, when I was 14 years old. Because I came from a family where... You know, we weren't really rich. We weren't really poor, kind of middle class family in Italy. And um, when I was 14, unfortunately, my parents split up because my father was an alcoholic. And uh, I didn't want to, uh, you know, finances became tight. So I didn't want to be a weight on my mom's shoulder. And I want to be able to support her. I wanted to be able to be with her. And I wanted to be able still to do the things that I was going to do that I was able to do before even if my parents played up. So I found a job. Uh, it was legal, nothing illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I found a job in a restaurant as a waiter. And uh, I loved it so much that uh, I almost quit school to follow that career. But my mom gave me a kick in the butt and said, no, no, just go to school. <laughs> so wait, you were going to quit your, you were going to quit school to be a waiter? Absolutely. Because uh, I don't know if it ever happened to you, but for the first time in my life, I found something that I was really good at. I loved it. And uh, it wasn't uh, a pain. Because for me, I I hated going to school every single day. And finding a place where I could be active, it was about talking to people. And uh, my teacher was keeping saying to me, Simone, shut up. And finally, I could get paid to have conversations with people. (laughs) It, It was the most awesome thing, right? And uh, I loved it so much that I kept going to school anyway, just to make my mom happy. And uh, I loved it so much that by the age of 19, I became the youngest Michelin star restaurant in Europe. And uh, I, I've been working by the age of from the age of 14 to the age of 19 in more than 300 different restaurants. It, it was insane. <laughs> I, I'm the kind of person all or nothing. <laughs> so, so okay. So, well, first off, where did you grow up? Like, what, what? city country area did you grow up in 
Right. I'm, I'm from Italy, and uh, the city is uh, Maranello, which is more of a town. And uh, it's a small town, about 20,000 people, but it's famous all over the world because there is the factory of Ferrari there. So Ferrari is built there in Maranello, the car. Yep, I've been there. I've been there to the, uh, the, the museum, and, and yeah, I've been there. Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> How long ago were you there? Uh Five, almost five years ago. Almost five years ago. I was ago. already, I was already in London. There, I was otherwise <laughs> we would have could have met. <laughs> Maybe I met you in the street. I didn't know you. <laughs> no, it was and a the... very pretty area. Very pretty. In fact, we have um balsamic vinegar from there, which is also a big thing from that area. Oh yeah, indeed, indeed. That, that's delicious. The balsamic vinegar there. Every time I go back there, come back to London with my little bottle of balsamic vinegar, religious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. So let's let's fast forward a little bit to to where you got started with your business. Yeah, um, I got started in my business because uh, I got headhunted to work in another Michelin star restaurant in the UK when I was twenty one, and by the age of twenty two, I almost achieved everything I could achieve in the catering industry, and I was looking for something more. And I had a midlife crisis at the age of twenty two. If you <laughs> If you think about that. And uh, I wanted to find something more. And I said, I'm going to start my business. And I didn't have a bloody clue on what to do, like a lot of business owners do. So I started attending seminars. And the more seminars I was attending, the more I was seeing myself there on stage. I said, I want to do that. I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, I decided to start taking my qualification as a life coach and as a coach, like a lot of people do when they start this journey in the personal development. And uh, then I decided to start my business. But because I didn't have a bloody clue about what I was doing, after six months, I found myself sleeping on the street homeless. And uh, that they weren't fun times, but I can say that they, I chose to be homeless. And uh, people say, what, what do you mean you chose to be homeless? Well, I chose to be homeless because uh, something happened and my mom needed help in Italy and uh, I still had my stuff to do in the UK. So in my money, in my bank account, I had just enough money to go back to Italy and support my mom twice a month. But then when I was in the UK, I didn't have money and I didn't have a place where to live. Or I mean, I chose not to have a place to live in just because I could go back and forth while I was going to my study and while I was building, I was building my business. So for me, homelessness was an adventure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people say, well, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm a bit crazy, but... what? What Define the homelessness, though. Like, so, yeah, okay, you didn't have a place that was rented or, or a place that was your own, but, like, I mean, were you literally sleeping in alleys or... Uh-huh. Alleys, parks. Uh, I had a good relationship. I don't know if you've ever been to London. There is a huge station called King's Cross and Pancreas. And uh, it connects uh, London to Paris as well. It's a huge station. And there are, uh, there is a Costa Coffee inside there. There's a coffee shop inside there. And I became friends with them. And some nights I was sleeping inside the coffee shop. But sometimes I was sleeping outside and if they, I couldn't stay there. Uh, that's the life I lived. Wow. Wow, I mean that that is a a real commitment. I mean, doing doing all the other things that you were doing to to you know advance yourself uh, and to take care of your mother was you know that's one thing. But but to make the commitment to be like yeah you know it's it's cool I'll just sleep wherever. 
As I said, for me, it was an adventure because uh, I gave everything away during that process. And I said, I want to leave just with what can fit in a backpack. And that's what I did. So I could be free to travel. And uh, I knew that at that time, my priority was supporting my family. It wasn't taking care of my business and it wasn't finding a job or doing the other parts. But as long as as soon as my mom then was fine and things got sorted out with her, then uh, I got back into a part time job and built my business from there, from that point. Wow. So, um, so, okay. So, so let's go, uh, let's fast forward. So, so your business, um, revolved around, ended up revolving around what? My business after that ended up evolving around coaching and uh, looking for people to help them find uh, their purpose and what they really wanted. And what I was really passionate about, I realized, it was I was really passionate about running seminars, running seminars, teaching people how to find their purpose. And uh, as everything I do, if I something I'm passionate about, I go all in. And within three years, uh, I run more than 600 seminars. About 200 seminars a year that I did. And then that's how our business grew. And then that's how our other people kept telling me, how do you get speaking gigs? How do you run seminars? How do you, have you grown your business from being homeless to multiple six figures? And that's where we started now working is what we do. We help coaches and speakers to dominate their niche. But given to the experience that we've been having by running events with Les Brown, uh, running events with Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, from uh, two people to a thousand people, <laughs> you name it, we did it. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, that, I mean, that, that is, that is really incredible. Um, but I mean, it starts with, with the, with the desire to want to talk to people, right? Like, and that's, uh, at, at a young age, you, you realized that that was something that was important to you. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I have this running joke that my teacher at school were saying me, shut up. And now I get paid thousands of pounds to speak, <laughs> hundreds of thousands <laughs> to speak, which is which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so let's talk about. Um, so what were some of the first steps when yeah, you took when you were like, I'm going to start hosting these events and seminars? Because I knew nothing about the industry at that point, for me, it was a big gamble. I didn't know how to run events. I didn't know how to run seminars. So what I, I knew, no one knew me. So we decided uh, uh, to host events with external speakers. So that was a way for me to build my network. And also, because at the time, I didn't have much to share <laughs> because I was still learning myself. I could give the platform for other people to share. And uh, we tapped into, you know, the immediate friends that uh, I had at the time that were speakers as because they were coming down more as a favor because the first event, uh, literally, we had three people and actually four. Two of them were the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> one was the dad of my business partner and the other one was a poor soul that rocked up and <laughs> we chained him at a chair. Uh, but then... Uh, we run more events and every week we're running an event. And uh, after running events weekly, we start running events, uh, slowing down a bit more, running event monthly. 
and getting more and more people, more and more people and establishing ourselves out there and building our network. So then when we decided to run our own event, we had the experience, we had the list, we had the network and we started being successful from our few first events that we did just by ourselves. But because we had already 150 events done with other people. Well, you know, it's the same. It sounds a lot like uh, you know hosting these podcasts and 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 building that network out uh, in in a different, a slightly different way. You know, not having the the. I mean, I've run two events myself, but having yeah. the you know every podcast is uh you know an opportunity uh, to to grow that network and and that um, connection with more people. Absolutely, I, I run a podcast myself. It's called uh, Explode Your Coaching Biz. And it's called Explode Your Coaching Biz Show. And uh, I remember starting the podcast and, you know, the first few episodes, one download, two downloads, zero downloads. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, build it up. And I think uh, a podcast is a great way. I love podcasts. It's a great way to meet awesome people like yourself and uh, create meaningful conversation, create meaningful connection. Why creating content at the same time? It's bloody awesome. No, I totally agree. I mean, in fact, I, I see here on your site, uh, you just had Manny Wolf, uh, who's a good good friend of mine, uh, on your show, which is which is awesome. Love Manny. Yeah, we just published uh, Manny's episode. Yes, two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how did how did your family take the idea that you were going to start your own business? Well, so let's say let's say let's start with how did your family uh feel about you moving away to pursue uh you know, the restaurant industry? Uh, not that well. <laughs> well, if you imagine in, in Italy, Italian families, they stay together generally up until the children are, I mean, children, in this case, adults, they are 35, 30, 35. In fact, I'm 28 at, at, at this stage, 29 in, in a month. And uh, 90% of my friends in Italy still live with their parents. So imagining putting that frame in that culture for my mom was a big shock in particular because I didn't give her much notice. I said, mom, I'm going to live in London in two weeks. <laughs> and so she didn't take it very well. So she didn't talk to me for three years. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah, because she was heartbroken. And that's also why. You didn't go back in, in three years either? I went back. But when I was getting back, I I would say mainly with, with her at my house there, but she wouldn't talk to me or she would just say, hi, how are you doing? So very cold because she was very hurt. And uh, so that's why when my grandfather died and I had the opportunity to go back and forth and be, that's also why I decided to be homeless in London because I knew that my mom needed my help. And after three years of having no relationship, I, w I went through so much personal development that I said, if I'm not using what I've learned, and rebuild the relationship with my mom at this stage. I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. And all the thousands of pounds I spent in my education are worth nothing. And that's how I rebuilt the relationship with my mom. And that's also why I made that decision to be homeless in London. And so she didn't take it very well. My, my father took it pretty well. Said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I mean, my father was a bit of a hippie, traveled the world. And <laughs> so he was like, yeah, you go, man. He was the Rolling <laughs> Stone, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 And uh, then when times to start my business, uh, they were both really supportive. 
they were incredibly supportive because my father was an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, his business didn't work out, but he had few businesses before. So he always had entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, my mom has always said something to me that would be stay with me for the rest of my life. And I think it's a great lesson for every listeners, for every dreamers here, which is uh, as long as you do what you love, everything is going to be fine. And as much as I'm maybe not agreeing with that or I might not be just in the moment happy, I will be happy for you because I know you're happy. And uh, so my mom supported me. I remember I wanted to, I don't know if you know Michael Gerber uh, from the E-Myth. It's, it's a great book. It's a, a great business book. And Michael Gerber ran a business program. And I wanted to go on his business program. And my mom landed me $800 for, for going on, on that business program while I didn't have it. So they were very, very supportive. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that they were supportive. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame. Uh, I'm glad that you're talking to your mom now too. That's that that that's always uh, really important. Uh, we have a very close relationship now. We, oh. we have ve- we we are best friends. It's great. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I, I I've I've dealt with my own <laughs> my own, <laughs> on my own end of of that similar type of um, disagreement of how things should be yeah. and. Uh, but yeah, I actually I did know about the the how in Italy they you know kids usually live with their parents till like thirty. But uh, it and and from my understanding, it's because like land is so expensive there that it takes that long to buy the land, build a house, and and do things of that nature. Is that absolutely? Is that true? That's one of the reason why, and the other reason why is just because the family is very tired. Uh, if you're thinking about it, uh, the, there is the church, the main uh, Catholic church, a Christian church based in Italy. And uh, the value of the church, our family value, the family sticks together. And that's one thing. Uh, so families are generally tied. And you will find that there are a lot of houses, for example, that maybe they are the children, not the children, I mean, the, the sons and daughters, they will live in, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the ground floor and then the parents will live on the, the actually, you will find the, the grandparents living on the ground floor, the parents living on the middle floor and the first floor and the, and the son and daughter living in the, in the second floor, right? <laughs> so you will find a lot of these situations. And also, I think the other reason why it is because the Italian people, not everyone, but a lot of them are in to them, are very lazy. <laughs> so it's just easier to live at home with the parents rather than building your own life. That's also why I left Italy. I didn't resonate with that culture. <laughs> uh, well, um... <laughs> so I, I'm uh, so I'm curious as far as what you do outside of of growing businesses and speaking. Uh, what's what's your hobby? Uh, my hobby, uh, I've got two big hobbies. One, and if you want, I can, I can, I can use it now. I uh, play didgeridoo, uh, the Australian instrument. <laughs> is that the? Is that wait? Okay, now that you're saying that, is that like the the thing that looks like a giant flute? Exactly. Okay. That's a weird sound. Or not a flute, but like a, almost like a clarinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a huge. It, it, it's very big. It's wooden. And it does a very deep, vibrant sound. And I do beatboxing and dubstep with the didgeridoo. So that's one thing that I, I do with, with that. And then uh, the other part, I love playing basketball. I play basketball every day. It is uh, my main sport. I'm not that tall, but my three-point shot 
It's really good. A good point guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like a like, like a Kemba Walker or something like that. <laughs> 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 ah, I love that. I love that. I love that you you have a sport. I mean, I have a sport that I play too, um, uh, hockey. So I, you know, I, I love that and music. I mean, you can see the turntables behind me. So absolutely, I, I think it's good to have a, a creative outlet so that you can get in that creative mindset. Um, whether even if you're bad at, I mean, I'm bad at artwork, and I did two books with artwork in it. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's it's good to have that that creative outlet, and uh, that's also that you're you're beatbox because you beatbox now right now. Like if we put you on the spot, uh, with the didgeridoo, yes, I oh. can. It's a bit, it's a bit weird because I mean I can get the didgeridoo; it's just beside me. But uh, I can beatbox with the didgeridoo. I'm not that great without it, just because I've been doing it only with a dig. So I might be doing like. That's as long as I can go without the didgeridoo. With the didgeridoo, sounds even fancier. Well. So I, I'd love to uh, t- take a moment and remind everyone that they are listening to the Dreamers podcast with me, Joe Pardo, your host, and uh, and I, I'm going to try not to butcher the name. It's Simone Vincenzi. Yes, you made it again. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> two on two, man. <laughs> I got to say it at least one more time <laughs> when, we, when we wrap up here. Um, so, so what's been your biggest roadblock? biggest roadblock uh, my stubbornness and the reason why i'm saying this because uh, i'm the kind of person that uh, if i want something i'll get it i have no doubt about it i want it i'll get it uh in everything everything i do the fact is that i grew up believing that uh, i had to do it by myself so for the first uh, six years of my business I did everything by myself. I didn't want a team. I didn't believe in a team. I didn't uh, uh, enjoy working with other people just because uh, I thought I was the best and no one could do things as well as myself. And you know, I'm the kind of person, if I put my mind to something, I can pretty much do everything I put my mind to. Uh, I've got this gift. However, this is a curse at the same time because I wasted so much time and so much effort learning things that were not relevant to me, to where I wanted to go, in the building the business, uh, and that if I were to go back, I would have saved six years of my life just surrounding myself by other people that I could delegate. And now that I've made this mindset shift, I'm waking up in the morning and thinking, what can I delegate today? <laughs> <laughs> that now is an addiction on the other side. I'm like, now that I have a team of six people, what can I? What else can I give away? <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly, um, I, I, I highly resonate with that because uh, being a one man band is is you know it sounds great, um, but really what you need to do is is figure out the best way, the quickest way for you to not need to be a one man band and to not um, to, you know so you can focus on your core competency versus everything else that needs to be done. Absolutely, and uh, when we are talking about coaches, consultants, speakers, trainers, podcasters, the the problem that we have is that we are the face of the business, so everyone wants to talk with us and everyone wants to deal with us. Customers, partners, because we are the face. 
uh, which is different from running another type of company that is not based on a personal brand. So these are the challenges of it, but it's about uh, what I understood in my journey was about training my clients and training my audience uh, that is not about me, it's about a we. And uh, in fact, uh, it took me about two years to substitute the word me to we. (laughs) Before I was able to say my company, uh, our company. (laughs) (laughs) Our company. My team, our team. My project, uh, our project. (laughs) (laughs) Took a while, but now I made I made the shift of my mind, so I'm happy about that. Well, it's it's funny. The last uh, last week's episode, I you know I I talked with Scott about like having you know, how you, when you have a, cause he just got engaged a little bit ago and, you know, it's it, yeah. making that, that mind shift change of like being single since, you know, for pretty much, you know, your whole life. And he's 40 now, um, or almost 40. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, actually, by the time this goes live, he probably is 40. Uh, so happy <laughs> birthday, Scott. Uh, and, and, you know, having to, to, to take on other people and, and give their, their thoughts and their feelings into consideration rather than just being like, yes, this is what I want to do. Boom. I'm going to go do it. And, you have to bring other people along with you. Um, it, it, don't don't tell a... me about that. I got married three months ago. Oh, congratulations. So... <laughs> Welcome Thanks. to the club, man. Uh, thanks. It was great. And uh, it, that became the first argument that we had with my wife. <laughs> Stop doing everything by yourself. Now it's about us. We come in a package. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and you know what? It took me uh, years. I mean, fortunately, I, we I got this figured out before we got married. But but it took like three the first three years for me to like care. Like, oh, so and so, you know, uh, so and so is like, hey, let's go do this thing. Oh yeah, Melissa will totally be down. We'll just go do it. And it's like, well, did did I ask? I mean, nobody wants to be that guy or that girl that's like, I gotta ask my significant other. But like in reality, it's like they matter too yeah absolutely and i became that guy now to say i got a girl my significant i got to ask <laughs> i just became that person because it, I, I might still do it but just the fact that i tell her made her f- made her feel involved in the decision and that's what's important for her mm-hmm. not that i don't do the stuff that i love but the fact that i told her and i say to her this is coming up can i do it and most of the time, because she wants me to be happy as she had other plans, then she will say, yes, go for it. Yeah. I mean, like, so, so my wife and I, we take vacations separately, uh, periodically and like right really? now, yes, right now she just left to go away for 10 days and I'm here by myself. Now she took our daughter, which makes it kind of sad because I won't see either of them for like 10 days, but I really yeah. didn't want to go and do what they were going to go do with her family and stuff. And I have work to do and, and I'm you know, working on my fourth book and it's a good time for me to get that done. So, and, and my next conference is coming up in like two weeks. So, you know, it it just, it's sad, but at the same time, it's like, there's things to be done and and there's not enough time to do it when other people are here. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I've got my wife now, (laughs) we're probably living in a very similar situation because she just left for Paris Ah. and she's staying there for the weekend, staying there for three days. But, uh, don't tell her <laughs> but you know sometimes you know like oh i got the house by myself i can walk in boxers without <laughs> no one's saying anything right <laughs> no one is going to shout at me if i don't clean the dishes for two days and <laughs> absolutely man or, or i call up my friends i'm like hey what like i'm gonna get this book done but like it's been a while since i've seen you let's let's go hang out let's go get dinner exactly. or something you know exactly. i don't have to feel guilty about it 
It helps. I, you know, it, uh, there is there's something we said. I know there's an article that I read about how like couples should take uh um you know separate vacations from each other. And I, honestly, we've done it. I you know there was plenty of times I went to Disney World to go run uh, different races and stuff. I'd be there for like three four days, and she would not be with me. It's funny because my dad would text me and he'd be like, "Oh, where are you?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm on the plane." He's like, "Oh, is Melissa with you?" And I'd be like. No, and I'm like, wow, now I feel really guilty because I'm leaving my wife while I'm on my way to go to Disney World <laughs> with a bunch of my friends to go run a race. So, you know, it's just a different – it's a different mindset of – it's a different time. It's a different way of thinking about, like, time away from each other to, you know, hey, you know, space makes the heart grow fonder. So it, – and it, it does. And I think – um, I mean, my my experience uh, – uh, of being married is very small. <laughs> it's like literally three months. So <laughs> we've been we've been together for about three years now, and I found that even spending times apart is healthy because then uh, you realize. I mean, for me, it happened. It helped me realize how much do I care about her, or how much do I miss her? Because sometimes I don't know. I have the tendency of taking things that I have for granted a bit, and uh, I'm very guilty of that. And uh, not being with her makes me realize actually she's a I love being with her and uh, I miss her and uh, so when she comes back uh, I'll clean even more dishes for her I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but you also have something to talk about too you know if you're if you spent every waking moment together like it, you know unless you're also working together which could also end up being very unhealthy depending how your your dynamic is it's you know you got to have something else to talk about or else it starts to get kind of boring i agree with you and welcome to the dreamers uh, to, to hey. the dreamers relationship podcast <laughs> hey we talk you know this is this is this is this is but uh, to bring it back to business like it's the same with working with you know um em, you know employees or 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 contractors or people that you know part of your team right whoever your team yeah. is those are the types of things you, you need to 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 be wary of like taking for granted um not giving consideration to like what their thoughts or feelings or or what their um input might be uh when, especially when making decisions that in, impact their lives mm-hmm. so there's a lot of dynamic and then because as a business owner it's not just about your teammate you know your 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 team member it's about their family right it's about the 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 people that they're supporting and that you're ultimately responsible for helping make sure that you that they can support their family so it, it's there's a lot to it, man, and and talking about these kinds of things matter. Um, yeah, because it's it's l- life is complicated. <laughs> it's not as simple as living in a bubble, uh, yeah. you know, to living by yourself. So it absolutely yeah, does also, apply. <laughs> yeah, I, and also the I haven't seen if I, if I see, for example, for myself, if I have problems uh, with my wife. Uh, or we have an argument, my, my, I'm not that productive or I'm not uh, in, even enjoying the day as much because there is these things at the back of my head, which is uh, the, the argument that I had with her. And uh, that affects my business and the other stuff that I'm creating, the way I'm relating with other people because I might have been uh, had an argument with her. So I start an argument with my business partner, which could be completely avoided just because... I had that going on first. So, of course, it adds up. It does. And, you know, sometimes 
because um, we also need that support. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how much you feel you need that support, but on my end, I, I do need that support, um, that validation, that affirmation of like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it for us and I'm doing it for uh, the people that I, you know, surround myself yeah. with to make them better as well. And, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it's better to calculate whether or not it's time to have an argument about something or bring something up because you might be at a point where you actually need that support. And if you bring up the wrong thing at the wrong time, <laughs> it, it, you might yeah. not be getting the kind of support that you're hoping for. I, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that like you you know she's always right or 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 anything or he's always right or she's always right or anything to that effect. What I'm just saying is like sometimes you know it's not that you should keep things from each other, but you know sometimes there's a there's a time and a place um, for certain yeah. things to come up and and maybe right you know you have to think about when the right time is it's, for it's about kind of context it's about looking at the context where where does what you're going to say affecting the context that uh, is happening in that moment mm-hmm. i completely agree with you yeah don't suppress all of it and don't ignore because ignoring <laughs> is not going to help the, the problem either but you know if if, if it maybe it's but not the lot. time to stir the pot <laughs> That's all. That's yeah, all I'm yeah, saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Be conscious of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, Simone, what is you or what was your childhood dream growing up, though? My, ch- I had different childhood dreams. I change them every five minutes. But <laughs> my first childhood dream that I can remember was to become an Egyptologist. And uh, to work in Egypt, to go and in, uh, in the pyramids and to learn how to read the hieroglyphics. In fact, I still remember that my mom, that my father actually got me a book uh, to translate uh, hieroglyphics in words. And I had this clay tablet that was creating and uh, writing with my little pen the hieroglyphics in the clay tablet, and then baking the tablet in the oven. And then uh, uh, touching the, the tablet on the wall, and I had sentences written in uh, with, with the hieroglyphics, and that was my first, very first childhood dream. And I've been very fascinating about the Egyptian culture and ancient Egypt. Then I moved into I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> and then I realized how much there was to read to become a lawyer, and I hate reading. So that <laughs> childhood dream disappeared very fast. And then I moved to having my own restaurant and working in, in the catering industry, and that st- stuck around. In fact, I opened also a restaurant, a small chain of our food stores, uh, and a pub with a partner uh, on the side of my main business. Oh, wow. So I, you know, to me, it's all like, you know, the, the willingness to want to learn and discover, uh, right there is, it it definitely, uh, says a lot about your, uh, your willingness to grow and, and to, to move and, you know, eventually be homeless, uh, on purpose. Is, um, is what I love, I love challenges. I'm the kind of person who loves challenges. I perform best under pressure. And I perform best under uncertain circumstances. In fact, if I have to look, I'm uh, most of the time um, for for the side of the business that you're running, I'm the main driver of sales because I love selling. But I found that I sell much more 
if the business is not in the target or we are going through a rough time, then uh, if we know that there is money in the bank account and everything is fine. Which is really fascinating, knowing this about myself, but I love challenges. I, I, to prove myself that I can do it or with the team we can do it and say, okay, right, it's time to pull our forces together and go and make it happen. Woohoo! <laughs> that, that, that's what I perform best. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear that. I, uh, you know, I would say when the, when the chips are down, it's time to swing the bat and, and you gotta be willing <laughs> to swing that bat. Um, that's why I, was a, and, I, 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 I kind of bucked the idea of like, oh, you got to grind, 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 grind. Like, yeah, there's times, there's times, and then there's times that you need to take, you know, self care and build boundaries and and things yeah. like that, um, and processes to to make that happen. But, um, so with that with that said, what do your dreams for the future look like? Dreams for the future. Dreams for the future is to create a uh, one place. Where coaching and sp- coaches and speakers can find everything they need to grow their businesses, because uh, I personally see that there are a lot of problems in this industry. One of the problem is uh, the industry not being regulated. So you find that there are a lot of people that then don't have a clue about what they're doing, that are going out there creating more mess than uh, than benefits to people. They are really destroying people's lives and people's businesses because they give them the wrong advice and they leave them in a worse financial situation than they found them. Uh, it becomes an industry, became an industry that is uh, more about the money than about the results that you can deliver for the customer, which is uh, how can I get the most doing the least? And that's the kind of feeling that there is in the industry around that, that uh, you know, of, uh, using nice French word. Uh, <laughs> but it, so what we what we are creating and we are starting now being the, the main one in London is uh, the place where coaches and speakers can find a play, can find the training that they need, the support that they need, the technical support that they need, uh, the events they need to speak on, uh, um, need someone to manage their event and find a venue, we help them with that. So everything that is uh, on a coach and speaker need they find in one place because then it goes to the other problem that's in the industry, which is a lot of people learn from too many experts and they learn a bit from one person, then a bit from the other person, then a bit from this other guru, then a bit from this other God, then a bit from the other saint (laughs) and whatever they call themselves. And they end up wasting so much time because they have so many missing pieces of information without just following one person, one track, and making it happen. Mm. And it's about focus rather than distraction. So that's why by creating the one place where I can find everything, we can follow them. We can follow their growth. And we can say we know them. We have a relationship with them. We have people that are there to support them. So then if there is something that they are doing that we know is a distraction for them, we can tell them, don't attend this training. Don't do this because right now you're wasting your time. Or we can tell them, hey, you're going in the right direction. So now it's then to establish this model that we have created in London that we became famous for having hundreds of members here on uh, the UK level and then on a global level. And that's uh, where we're going. Ah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I um, 
people do get that that an analysis paralysis and and over in, uh indulging instead of actually like taking the action that's needed and and that's you know that's what you're going to find is actually going to work for you cuz not not no two businesses are alike because no two personalities no two team personalities are are alike no you know yeah. it's not like a it's a it's a template, but it's a template that's built to be modified and changed, right? It's not exactly. like, oh, here's the whole plan. Like, you just follow this step by step by step, and you're going to be fine. Follow my steps, and you will get exactly my same results. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Simone, I really appreciate you taking the time today to be on the Dreamers podcast. I want to let people know, how can they connect with you? Well, if if they're listening to the to this podcast, then uh, I'm assuming they like listening to podcasts, <laughs> our dreamers. And uh, uh, we have a, a podcast called the Explode Your Coaching Biz Show. You can find Explode Your Coaching Biz Show. And we interview speakers and coaches that are running uh, six, seven, eight-figure businesses on what is working uh, right here right now for them so then you can implement uh, the best business model that you find and find the right person to work with depending from what you want to create so this is the aim of the podcast to connect uh, incredible business owners because they are making it happen they are not just talking about it they have proof i know them personally to share what's working so it's a very strategic technical podcast is less about inspiration it's more about getting things done. That's how, how I am. I'm all about that, getting things done. And then uh, the other way to connect, uh, other than explode your coaching business show, is uh, you can visit my, my website, which is www.gtex.org.uk. So let me repeat it again. www.gtex.org.uk. And immediately, if you're a coach or a speaker, you can find a selling from the stage checklist which is a great checklist I put together to help you create a presentation that sell, but without selling like a douchebag. So <laughs> you, you, you can get it for free. Uh, old school, just put your name and email address there and, uh, and then you can get it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I, would, uh, I definitely have those in the show notes at uh, dreamerspodcast.com for everyone to go check out. I definitely uh, recommend you going and, and checking out Thanks. the show. and. Uh, you know, so I, I do really appreciate you taking the time today. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Um, two thoughts. One is uh, I loved so much our conversation that I would love you as a guest on my show. Oh, well, thank <laughs> so you. Yes. It, it just flew so well. I I had a great time. You know, sometimes you go on a podcast and it's like, okay, when is when is finishing this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm interviewed about 10 times a week. So I get interviewed by really great people. And sometimes I get, oh, my God, I just want to finish this. So this time I really enjoy it. I would love you on my show. Oh, I, I, I would happily accept. <laughs> awesome. No pressure. You had no other choice in front of your listeners. It's like... <laughs> Sorry, I'll give the ring back after we get off the air. <laughs> I, cor- I cornered you there. Um, and then uh, the other thoughts that I want to express, uh, which, uh, as I said, is about my philosophy, which is uh, about implementation. So don't spend too much time learning. Learn one thing and implement it, having already a vision of that, of where you want to go. So then you will see that if what you're learning is actually relevant for where you're going to go. So it's about the learning with purpose and learning less and applying more. 
if you do this, there is nothing that can stop you and you can grow a nice six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen figure businesses. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, well, you know, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Dreamers podcast, you all all that I ask you to do, I mean, you could leave a, a review, you could uh, you know, subscribe, but all that I ask is that you share it with a friend uh that you you feel we could get some information out of this or or have a good time listening uh to these amazing conversations that I've had with people from all around the world. Um so yeah, Vincenzi, or yeah, Vincenzi. <laughs> <laughs> Simone, Simone, Vincenzi, you did so well. Vincenzi. You did so well. Oh man, you got it, you got it. Simone Vincenzi, thank you so much for taking the time today again to to be a guest on the Dreamers podcast. I do really appreciate, it and I look forward to being a guest on your show, which I will definitely be sharing with all of the people listening to this show. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thanks a lot. You too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.